Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to. Just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. Today, my guest is Eva Love. Eva, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to hear more about what you do. I know you have spent the last 29 years showing single women how to attract the right man and build a loving relationship uh, that lasts a lifetime. And that's something that as is clear by the divorce rate in our country, is a challenge for people. So let's start there. What got you into building a business around this? Well, um, I uh, my first marriage ended not fun. Okay. <laughs> Quickly. I was only married four years, had two children, and uh, he was a womanizer, alcoholic i didn't know he was an alcoholic but later i discovered oh that's what an alcoholic is they drink a pint of of whiskey every day wow. <laughs> and then i was single for a bunch of years raising my children going to school getting my degree you know working building my career and then i married a second time okay. and um i wish you know of course i wish i'd had these skills back then because oh my gosh you know it's really, it's really a, a bad situation when you're when you're trying to um, when you're trying to live true to yourself, mm-hmm. but you don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I married this man, and everything in me was saying no, don't do it, but my head was going, well, look, you know, he's this, he's that, he's this, you know, all on paper, he looked great, but my heart knew better, but I didn't hear, I couldn't hear it. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know, I hadn't learned that yet. And so I married him and it was a disaster. And one day I walked into the house and heard my 16 year old screaming and I, I was home early from work. Normally I came home late mm-hmm. and he wasn't expecting me and I ran into the library to see him. He had her down on the floor and he was kicking. He was six foot four, 300 pounds, looked like a, you know, a line lineman, you know, a football lineman and kicked, kicked, was kicking her with his size 17 shoe. And I had been beaten as a child. And so I had sworn this would never happen to my children. And there it was, and I lost it. I mean, I completely lost it. And I divorced him, but the damage had been done. And I found out when we were in therapy that um, he had been beating them the whole four years that we'd been married and that they didn't tell me because he said, he told them that if they told me that they would just get in trouble again. And they believed him because, you know, anyway, I, um, 
I was devastated and I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't, I couldn't stop feeling like I didn't deserve to breathe the air. How could I have not known what was going on with my own children? I mean, it was just, it was, to me, it was just unbelievable. So what I did was I, I, um, about six months, you know, just couldn't get over it. Couldn't just, it was awful. And I thought, you know, my children deserve better than this. And I knew that my brother and sister-in-law would take my children if anything ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so I figured that I would, I would, had been a race car driver and I figured I would just drive off a cliff and, and somebody would think it was just an accident wow. and that would be the end of it. So I went to drive off the cliff and while I was coming down where I was going to slide off, I heard this voice and it said, Eva, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You're sick. It's like you've got the flu. You'll get over it. Stop the car. And I did. I was able to stop the car. And so from that point, uh, I started into therapy. I did all kinds of different therapies. I went to spiritual teachers. I went to shaman. I went to ministerial counselors. I went, I mean, I did everything. For three years, I just spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just trying to get well, trying to feel better, trying to stop being so miserable and so hard on myself. And so, you know, because I just was I was you know I had no compassion for me right at all so um one night I was sitting in my living room and nothing really had changed I was still just miserable and I was sitting there and I just said God help me and in that moment it was the most amazing experience of my life I felt this peace and this warmth and this love like I've never felt it before. It was just unbelievable. And I just knew, I mean, I relaxed for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like everything's going to be okay. And I didn't know how. I just knew everything was going to be okay. And so I went to bed that night. And the next morning I woke up and this these series of techniques came to me. Mm-hmm. And as they did, I started using them on myself immediately. I mean, I, every minute I wasn't working, I was using these techniques. And within three weeks, my whole life was different. I was happy. I was bubbly. I was at peace. I was healing relationships because I had offended everybody in my life being when I was so, when I was so miserable, I was angry and hurt and, you know, I was just awful anyway. So I, um, I was able to, so my, my roommate who had known me, you know, she'd been living with me for a year and she'd seen this transformation and a lot of people had seen it and they were like, what's going on with you? What yeah, happened? Changed. Yeah. And so my roommate says, I don't know what you're doing, Eva, but whatever it is, you've got to teach me. And she says, I'm going to have a couple of my girlfriends come over on the weekend and we're going to, we're going to learn from you. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, God, if you want me to teach this, you're going to have to show me how. And So that Saturday I taught the class and by Wednesday I'd gotten, you know, a couple of phone calls and these gals were going, you got to teach another class. So the next weekend I taught another class and pretty soon I was teaching every night of the week and every weekend. And finally I I was, I was a executive in a a billion dollar corporation and I gave them notice. They were like, what? 
and all my friends thought I was crazy, but there was nothing about that job, even though it was, you know, very prestigious and, you know, I, you know, broken through part of the glass ceiling. I hadn't gotten to the top, but you know, I was way farther than at that time than most people. This was in 90 and uh, 1990. And so I, um, I quit my job and just started doing this full time and I haven't, I never looked back. I mean, I just, when I'm working with a client or when I'm teaching, I just am in bliss. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I know it's what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And I love it. And I've helped thousands of women and 87% of my single clients are either married or in a committed relationship within 12 months. Well, that's a great stat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, the sad thing on the other side of that is the story you just shared. I know there's a huge percentage of not just listeners to the show, but of the population that actually is sitting there going, yeah, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Whether it's the divorce or the lack of relationship skills or the situation with your kids. So many people have been through that kind of thing because nobody teaches us those skills in school. I mean, it's like nobody teaches you to balance a checkbook, to do these basic things that are the biggest part of your life is the relationships you have. And, and that's just something that it's missing for most of us. Even if you see your parents have a great relationship, it's still hard to figure out how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. And most, and most of us don't have a great model. Our parents were either, like in my case, my parents were miserable together, but just wouldn't get a divorce. Right. You know, and, you know, my dad was a raging, you know, guy that just was angry and, you know, pissed off about everything. <laughs> well, you know, and it's, it's hard to be happy in a relationship or have success in, in any family relationships if you're not happy yourself. Within yourself, right. You know, and I think that's, that's one of those things that, you know, I love that, your story goes to you fixed you and then started teaching other women that, and then the relationship came. That's right. Yeah. And I did, I attracted, I attracted the most amazing man. We've been together 25 years. Matter of fact, our anniversary is May 10th and we'll have been married 24 years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the best. He's just an amazing, loving you know, just so sweet, so good to me. Well, that's a, a big shift from what you shared. And I know I'm not the only one wondering as you share that, like, what did you change? What advice would you give somebody listening who goes, I'm still in that before part of your story? What was it that helped you shift into the after side of it and, and create that kind of relationship? Well, there was a lot. <laughs> um, <Fair answer. laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would say the number one, the number one thing is to love yourself yeah. deeply, passionately. I mean, be in love with you, love being with yourself, love everything about you, even the things you don't like, learn to accept them and to understand that that those are those are part of who you are. And that, I mean, those are part of what you're experiencing right now. It doesn't mean you can't change them, but you will never change them as long as you're hating them. As long as you're pushing away from you, you can, you can only change them once you accept that that's where, what they are. And I had a bunch of that to do Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had a terrible temper. I, I 
taken after my dad in that case. And I had a lot of things and I had to work on myself. And so that's the first thing is to work on yourself, be happy with yourself, be happy in yourself, and then learn the skills to know what to look for. Oh, like, yeah. We got to come right back to that one. Go ahead. On, on the first step that kind of taking inventory of, of where you're at, of who you are and who you want to be, what advice would you give somebody who's sitting there not really sure? I mean, I think a lot of us have parts of ourselves that we're not thrilled about, right? But how do you start to create kind of that list for yourself of here's the things that I want to change? Yeah. And was that something that you did on your own or was it like other people telling you, you know, Eva, you, you've got a temper issue. Like how did that come? Oh, no, I knew I had a temper issue. <laughs> <laughs> that was really evident. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think you have to learn to listen to feedback mm-hmm. and not be defensive. Okay. And that's hard because, you know, we learn to be defensive because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to, to have someone think badly of us. And so when we get criticism, and it usually doesn't come out very well, you know, people don't know how to give constructive criticism, which I actually don't, yeah, they, they hard. Just, it's hard. That's another thing they don't teach us in school. Yeah, right, how to, how to say something in a loving way and yeah. give somebody a suggestion. Yeah. But um, that is part of what you do. You just listen. You listen to your own self. You know, really, you know what you don't like about yourself. And, you know, you just, it's about facing yourself because the truth is anything can be changed. Really, there's nothing that you can't change if you embrace it first. You ha- but you have to stop pushing away, you know, like things you don't like about yourself. Mostly we don't want to think about them, and so we push them out of our mind. And we, we don't want to think about them, so we, we, uh, we suppress And so, you know, you have to be really um, compassionate to yourself. And that's one of the first things I had to learn was to to realize that there was all these reasons why I was the way I was. Hmm. And and that didn't make an excuse for me being the way I was, but it gave me a context to deal with it and to think about me as a little girl learning all these things that I'd learned from mostly from my dad, but also from my mother about how to avoid conflict was run away. Yeah. So I'd learned how to run away when there was conflict and, you know, from someone else. And then I learned how to be conflict from my father. (laughs) So I was kind of a mess. A combination. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, you learn all these things and, and you don't realize that you're taking them in. Psychologists tell us that uh, between 85 and 90% of our personality is developed and our belief systems are developed by the time, some of them say three years old, some say five, some say eight, but somewhere in your childhood, it doesn't really matter what the date is. It's somewhere in our childhood, our belief systems and our personalities are formed. Now, that doesn't mean we can't change our belief system, and it doesn't mean we can't. A lot of people say, well, you're just who you are, and that's just who you are. Well, no, no, I've proven that's not true. (laughs) And I've helped lots of my clients prove that that's not true because I help people through that process in my my private work with my clients. And, you know, you can 
learn how to love yourself and embrace yourself and embrace even those things you don't like. And then you can learn how to shift those things and change them and create a different way of being so that you're happy. And, and when you're happy, then you're going to, you're going to attract happy people. So that's the second part of this is the going from, okay, I'm doing the work or I've done the work on myself to how did you after two relationships that, that didn't work out? Some people. Oh, there was a lot back. more than two. I can tell you. <laughs> I, had, I had four broken re- engagements between wow. marriage one and marriage two. So well, that, that makes it even more interesting to me because I mean, a lot of people would look at that and go, well, this is my history. This is my track record. I feel like I'm never going to be able to change it and attract Mr. Right. So what did actually work for you to, after you did the personal work on yourself, find something that totally broke that pattern? Well, first of all, I threw away my list. You know how you're told to make a list oh, of all the things you want? That list, yes. That list. So <laughs> okay. you toss that out the window okay. because most of us don't know what we need. Remember I had a list and that That's second husband point. matched all the things on my list? Right. You said was logically, totally wrong for me. Perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally wrong for me. Okay. Okay. So most of us don't know what's, what's we, we, you know, we want tall, dark, and handsome. You know, I got tall, dark, and handsome, but I didn't get the qualities that I needed. Right. So, so what you want to do is to recognize what, what it is that, uh, what we need as women, what we need is, and, and a healthy relationship is where a man wants to make you happy. He wants to put a smile on your face. And so when you start recognizing that it's your right and your responsibility to ask for what you want, most women do not ask for what they want. No, we don't. And, and you can't get what you want or need if you don't verbalize that. That's right. I mean, and, and they don't know how to ask. Right. So, so that People the men aren't mind readers. No. And, and most women, they hint. They, they give, you know, yeah. little innuendos. They, they, they drop these, you know, hints. Oh, yeah. And the guy is completely oblivious to what you're talking about. And you're like, well, I told you. Well, you didn't ha- tell him in a way he could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's not really somebody else's fault. If we drop hints and aren't clear, well, right. you can't really blame the other person. For right, that. right. Just because you were talking about wanting that red leather coat doesn't mean that he knows that you wanted it. For sure, you know, or you were talking about how Sally got a red leather coat, yeah. you know, because that's the kind of thing, oh, Sally got this beautiful red leather coat, and it was at Dillard's, and it was only $79, and, but he's not getting yeah. that that's what you want. Right. You have a size small, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels so obvious, but it's not to somebody else. No, but if you yeah. said to him, you know, honey, what would make me so happy is if you would get me that red leather coat for my birthday, I would be thrilled. Now, if he's the man for you, he's going to go, I can win here because that's what men want to do. They want to win with their woman. That's the greatest win that a man can have is to put a smile on his woman's face. I remember my mother, after I met my husband, she said to me, because I was just smitten. I was just unbelievably 
head over heels. And it was new. The relationship was new. And I never was like that. You know, I was always like, you know, stay away. And I was just like, and my mother said, Eva, what is it about this man that is so different? And I said, Mama, all he wants to do is put a smile on my face. And what I didn't know is that that's probably the number one thing you should be observing. So I just got off the phone with a client and we were talking about, she was telling me about an experience with a guy she's been dating. And, and it's like, you you know, here's, here's what you're observing that he's not reliable. He doesn't do what he says he's going to do. He doesn't show up when he says he's going to show up. You know, all of those things are telling you that this is not the man for you. Because the man for you does what he says. He says he's going to call at nine. He calls. I mean, yeah, there are ex- exceptions. Things happen. But he lets you know. He renegotiates his commitment yeah. if he can't make it. Or he lets you know as soon as possible what happened. Yeah, and I think a lot of times there are those red flags. But we do what you mentioned with your second marriage where you logic yourself out of it. And you're like, well, yeah, but this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to do. It's, it's easy. And I think it's in some ways because sometimes as women, we get so lonely. We want that relationship. Yeah. We That's want. exactly right. And it's dangerous. It is. And I can tell you that the, the truth is that, um, that when you listen to that inner voice, and you hear, you know, these, these, uh, I want to read something to you. I got this, a text from someone. She says, the type of men I'm attracted to are one, tall red flags, two, red flags with brown eyes, three, red flags that make me laugh, four, red flags that are emotionally unavailable. Oh my. Is that funny? That's great. That's hilarious. You know, oh. but, but it's good that she's aware of that. Like, yeah. you know, working through those pieces. And, you know, one thing that, that you shared with me is you have a gift for everybody listening. Um, do you want to tell us about that? Cause it really ties in right here. Oh yes. Yes. So I have a, a, a free uh, guide and it's called uh, the 10 myths that single women have about men and how to bust them. Because you see, it's these myths that we believe that keep creating our experience. See, your belief is a feedback loop. And what it does is it proves itself right. So it finds and brings to you the experience that will prove that the belief is true. So if you believe that all men are jerks, guess what you're going to create? You're going to experience all men being jerks. Yeah. So, So you can go to... Eva Love, uh, uh, Eva, you know, HTTPQ, uh, uh, colon, forward slash, forward slash, and then Eva Love, uh-huh. sorry, uh, Eva Love, uh, dot net, not dot com, dot net, dot net, forward slash, 10 myths. Got it. Eva and Love, you- dot net, forward slash, 10 myths. Wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast, you'll see a link that you can click that'll take you to that, and you can grab that myths report and see if. Maybe any of them are in uh, your current beliefs that could be yeah. adjusted a little bit. Yeah. Or a exactly. lot. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So learning to listen to ourselves and then being an objective observer. That's what I teach my clients is how to observe so that you're – see, the truth is women are, are the ones that start relationships. Hmm. 
okay? We drop the hanky. We let the guy know. Now, we don't actually drop a hanky like women used to do. <laughs> right, you know, a little different, different these days. <laughs> that was their cue that the woman was interested. He would come and pick it up and start the conversation. But we don't have that anymore. But what we do have is we have eye contact. We have a smile. We have, you know, a way to, to let them know that we're interested. Yeah. And so, you know, I teach women all those ways that you can can send the the message because yes. the guy is he's scared. And that's another thing nobody teaches us in school. It's like all these life skills that really are critical. Yeah. Aren't being taught. Yeah. yeah. So so you you um you are the ones that starts and ends all relationships. Now a lot of women say, "Oh no, I got dumped." Well, no, you were being critical of him before he dumped you because he knew that you weren't happy with him. So if you think about a guy that dumped you, just know that you were sending him the message that you didn't want him around before he dumped you. I mean, that's 99% of the time. There might be 1% that's not, but. You know, and that goes back to the same idea of working on yourself first, being willing to look in that mirror. And even when the things happen that feel like, because that does feel like it's out of our control sometimes, especially if we haven't done the reflective work on ourselves. Right. But it's just, you got to take ownership for what happens and, okay, what am I going to change so this doesn't happen again? Because yeah. you can only change yourself and your side of things. And then there are just skills. You know, there's just relationship skills that yeah. that I teach because what happens is, is you know, what happens with women is they, they get out and they do the dating thing and then they get dumped or they get they have a bad experience or they dump somebody and then they retreat back in and then they get their courage up again. You know, maybe sometimes it takes a year or two or three yeah. and then they get back at it, but they don't do anything to improve their, their relationship skills. They don't learn anything to make it more successful. And what I say is, hey, you can have a relationship. It doesn't matter what your age, what your weight what your physical beauty is, you know, a lot of women says, well, I'm just not pretty enough. Oh. And men want a pretty woman. That's not true. No, not it's a right man. It's no, the right man will think you're beautiful, no matter what you look like, no matter how critical you are of yourself. But of course, the more critical you are of yourself, the more you're going to push men away. Yeah. Because a man wants a woman who loves herself enough that she can, then he can love her too. I'll say that again because I kind of messed it up. A man wants a woman who loves herself enough that he can love her too. Because instinctively, a man knows that if you don't love yourself, that you're never going to be able to receive his love. You're never going to be able to feel his love. That's incredibly true. And I know that I think that's, that's a big issue for a lot of women getting to that place where we can love ourselves enough to accept that. It's, it's not always. Yeah. And then the other thing that's really important for women to know is that it's not how much you like him and it's not how much he likes you hmm. that makes a man want to be with you. What makes a man want to be with you is how he feels about himself when he's with you. That's an important perspective shift. Yeah. 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 Because if a man feels like he's losing, like he's not winning, like he's not being successful with you, he won't stay. Even if he's in love with you, he's going to know that this is going to be a life of misery for him. So, wow. 
that's that's a big one that I teach women. That that one's that's a that's a truth yeah. bomb for you. That's something to definitely put some thought into. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show and for everything you've shared. I think it's been a really fascinating conversation and just hearing your story. And, you know, I know we didn't have time to dive into this part of it too much, but just the the courage it took to leap out of that corporate safe space where you had, you know, that's what most people spend their lives working towards. And you chose to say, nope, I'm going to build a business around this because this is my passion and my purpose. I love that. And I know it's a great example for everybody listening who's, who's thinking about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? What direction do I want to go? Um, because it proves that it's possible to take that, whatever your gift is, and share it in a way that you can build a business around. So uh, best place for people to go to find out more about you is evalove.net. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Thank you again for coming on the show today. I so appreciate your time and you sharing your story. Oh, Michelle, thank you so much. You've been a fabulous interviewer. I just loved every minute of it. I appreciate that. For everybody listening, make sure you click the link and grab that myths report for yourself. Take a look through it. Whether you're in a relationship or not, there's going to be things in there that will help you to either find the right relationship or improve the relationship you're in right now. So make sure you don't miss that. And uh, hit like, rate, review, subscribe to the show wherever you are watching or listening at. And I'll see you back on the next episode.